Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day, welcome back. Darren Mitchell here, host of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. So great to have you join me for yet another brand new episode. Today being Monday, the 29th of August, 2022. Another brand new start to a brand new week. And I trust that as a leader, wherever you happen to be in the world, you've had some time over the weekend to reflect on what has been, hopefully, a great week last week. What are some of the wins? What are some of the positives that come out? But also, what are some of the lessons or learns that can become a platform for you and your team to to take advantage of this week to plant more seeds and hopefully have those seeds turn into a harvest over the next two, three, four weeks and beyond. So as we do every single first episode of the week, a quick reminder, if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, first of all, why not? Uh, It makes it easier for me to let you know when new episodes are up and ready to be listened to if you are subscribed. Also, if you follow on the Apple platform, just press those three little dots on the top right-hand corner and allow you to follow. Uh, You'll be notified when new episodes are up and ready. And also, if you can do me a favor and rate the show as well, whether it's a one, two, three, four, or hopefully five-star rating, if what I talk about resonates with you, then please uh, do me a massive favor, as well as others who are looking for information around sales and sales leadership to more more readily, getting the teeth back in, and more easily find the show on the various podcast platforms. So if you can do that, that would be great. And of course, if, you, uh, if you're looking for any specific topics you'd like me to talk about on the podcast, please uh, please give me a comment. Put some feedback in there, or also uh, just say, talk about, can you talk about this particular topic? And I'd be more than happy to not only do that, but also in the process, give you a shout out in the podcast to make you, uh, well, make I was going to say make you world famous, but at least make you famous within the cohort that listens to this particular podcast. If you are able to do that, that would be greatly, greatly appreciated. So as we begin the brand new week, I posted a question on LinkedIn last evening. Now the question was, as a sales leader, how predictable are the sales opportunities flowing through your team? Now what's really interesting about this is uh, when I talk to leaders, when I work with sales leaders and work with sales teams and look at what they're actually doing, irrespective of what sort of CRM system they have and certainly irrespective of the sales methodology that they're using, very often they're, they're like throwing mud up against a wall and hoping some of it's going to stick. So in today's podcast, I want to talk about the fact that we can make more sales predictable, which not only impacts the bottom line, it also starts to increase the thing called engagement and people's energy levels when they see a lot more sales flowing through and conversion rates going up. So the first thing to think about it right now as a sales leader, how predictable are your sales opportunities coming through your team? Are they highly qualified first and foremost? Do you have a regimented process where you take your team through and you challenge your customers, the potential customers, in terms of is there a definite problem? Is there a definite need here? Now, I'm not going to go through specific methodologies to do that, but some something that we need to think about as a sales leader when it comes to our sales opportunities, and certainly when it comes to forecasting, which is another key element of our responsibility as a sales leader, we need to make sure we've got a high level of qualification in place, which gives us a high level of confidence when we start to provide a commit to our senior executives. 
When you look at your sales team, are they laser focused on specific customers and specific opportunities? Or as I mentioned just earlier, are they throwing mud up against a wall hoping that some of it is going to stick? And yes, it is true that sometimes you just happen to be at the right place at the right time and you catch lightning in a bottle and all of a sudden the conversion happens. Now that when it happens, it's fantastic. It makes you feel awesome, but it's not something that you can duplicate necessarily. So we have to get laser focused on what sort of opportunities we're going to go after instead of just throwing mud up against the wall and hoping it's going to stick. When it comes to converting those opportunities, are we converting a high percentage of them? Now, if your conversion rate is pretty low, there is a very high probability that we are not qualifying hard enough and we're just trying to uh, pretty much close every possible live opportunity. And the other thing to think about as well is when it comes to converted opportunities and closed opportunities, are these highly profitable? Because there's no point bringing, uh, and I know a lot of organizations do this, they like to bring in top line revenue without necessarily focusing their attention on the bottom line profitability. But over time, for a business to be sustainably successful, we need to make sure that uh, not only we grow our top line revenue, but we've got to make sure that at the bottom line, that revenue is also profitable, which gives us a level of sustainability. So what's interesting about all this is, is working with sales leaders, what I find fascinating is how many of them are unplanned and in some cases unprepared when it comes to sales opportunities. So instead of focusing on a specific problem and developing a strategic solution to that problem, they are heavily influenced by their product or their service and seek to retrofit that product into every conceivable opportunity. Now, it's one thing to say that, yes, we have the greatest product and the best service on the marketplace and best in class, and that's all well and good. But quite frankly, the customer does not care. The only, thing, the only group that cares about how good the product is, is in most cases, the person or the organization selling the product. So as a result of this, what tends to happen is, I wouldn't say the, the team is brainwashed necessarily, but they're actually thinking through a specific frame of reference, which is heavily geared around their product or their service and less geared around the problem or the issue that they're trying to solve for the customer. Now, I've spoken about this many, many times and I'll keep doing it until I'm blue in the face and that is not only is sales the ultimate form of service, sales is also strategic problem solving. So it's not about flogging your product. Nobody cares that you've got the best in, best in breed, best in class, best network, best widget, whatever the case might be. If you can articulate a problem better than the customer can articulate the problem, they will automatically and unconsciously and sometimes consciously attribute you as having a solution to that problem. And when that happens, the ultimate form of service will be to share that solution with them. Now, in order to do that, we have to get our teams to change their thinking and all of a sudden move away from the fact that we have the best product and let's let's try to retrofit our product into any potential live opportunity we might have in front of us and take a step back and start doing a thing called planning. Now, when you hear that word, and a lot of people cringe at the sake, they say, that, yeah, I plan, I plan a lot, I, I've got this plan and that plan, and well, most people don't plan. And in fact, when I ask sales leaders to share with me a strategic account plan or even an opportunity plan, very, very often I hear crickets. Why? Because in most cases, there is no plan, or a plan is sitting in somebody's head, or the plan is effectively, how can I get this customer to be convinced to take my product. And the sales leader wonders why the conversion rate is so low. So if we're wanting to make sales more predictable, if we're wanting to increase our conversion rates, and if we're wanting to increase the quality of the opportunities we're working on, there is a better way. And the predictability of sales 
starts with planning. Now, when, when you hear the word planning, and I often share this with teams, planning is not necessarily sexy. And when people look at it, they think, wow, planning takes a huge amount of effort, mental effort, physical effort, and it takes time. And that time can be better spent, they believe, in actually prospecting or talking to customers. The problem with that, though, is they're not actually uh, prospecting or talking to customers with enough information to be able to increase their level of conversion. So if there's one key message to come out of this episode, particularly as a sales leader, it's to double down your efforts on planning. And as a sales leader, be more rigorous and be more ruthless in your conversations and the expectations you're setting around your account team, with your account team, with your sales executives around this idea of planning. Now, I'm going to talk about two key things around planning. One is the opportunity plan and one is the account plan. A bit of a a writer or a caveat on this. Account plans can be very, very detailed and they can be very, very brief. What I'm saying here is that we need to do some level of account planning, but depending on the size of your customer, depending on the market that is available to you, you wouldn't necessarily do a fully detailed, highly strategic account plan. However, there'll be elements of the account plan that I believe are absolutely critical to your ability to not only identify the key players within your customer, but also provide you with the opportunity of identifying the opportunities that will help increase your level of conversion. So let's start talk first and foremost around an account plan. Now, what is an account plan there to do? Well, first and foremost, the account plan is there to develop a much deeper understanding of the customer specifically their business, their challenges that they're currently experiencing within the business, but also within the industry that they sit, as well as what opportunities they might have as an enterprise that might also uncover some opportunities that you might have as a service provider to that particular customer. The other part of an account plan is really to do do a bit of a deep dive in terms of what are they providing to the marketplace and who are their key customers. All of this enables us to focus on the, the customer from multiple different perspectives. And when we do that, this enables the team to be very specific with the opportunities that they first and foremost identify and then pursue. Now, this can be very, very onerous and I've seen account plans that are 100, 100 pages long and then I've seen account plans that are four or five pages and even I've seen some account plans that are one or two pages. Some key elements to this that I think is absolutely mandatory that we need to think about irrespective of the size of the account. First and foremost, it's designed to give you a very clear view of the customer and get you to challenge what your level of knowledge is about that customer. So you need to know who's who within the organization. Who are the key contacts? What is the hierarchical structure that sits within that organization? And who are our key contacts within that hierarchy? What are the key roles that exist within the business in terms of that hierarchy? What are their decision-making criteria? And who has the lines of decision-making? And where is the influencing lines sitting? So often you'll have a formalized hierarchical structure, which is very easy, it's like an org structure. And then you'll have the informal organizational structure, which for all intents and purposes is the lines of influence. Now, how do we find this out? We get curious, we build relationships, we leverage partners. We do research and we spend time and invest time in getting to know the key players within the organization. And we ask lots and lots and lots and lots of questions. It is not about pushing a product. It is about gathering information so that we can get a really good picture as to what is happening within that organization. Now, one of the one of the key challenges I found when I was a sales leader is I many, many times took the, uh, took the feedback, if you like, or took the information from the account manager's 
as gospel. And when they said, hey, we've got a really good relationship. So when it comes to committing a particular forecast to say we're going to close this piece of business by the end of the month, I would take it as gospel that what the account manager was saying was accurate. What I found out though, that in many cases, not only did the account managers not necessarily have an account plan, they didn't have enough research, didn't have enough understanding. And so the lines of communication and lines of influence within the organization that they were working in, from a reality point of view, didn't match up with what their perception was. And many, many times we had deals not take, take, take off and convert because of lines of influence, but also other competitors who had done their research, who had built a better network, who had created a level of credibility. They were the ones that got the deals. Why? Because they planned. So what I started to do with account managers when it came to account planning and certainly opportunities they were actually forecasting, I used to ask questions about, well, how do you know? You've got a great relationship. You tell me you've got a great relationship. How do you know? I started to ask better questions, which started to invoke in them a requirement to start to plan better, to at least understand the hierarchy, the who's who, the key decision-making criteria, who was connected to who, who was an advocate, who was a neutral, who was a, a, a detractor, whatever the case might be, so that we had a much better understanding of our account. Now, you can do this for every single key customer you've got. Now, if you're in a highly transactional environment and business business transactional environment, probably not uh, a good use of time to do an account plan like that for every single account. But in the vast majority of business-to-business -business environments, some form of an account plan, some form of challenging our understanding of, an, of a customer is absolutely vital to our ability to make sales more predictable. Now, the other part of this, of course, is the opportunity plan. And very rarely do sales teams actually create one, especially when it comes to strategic business. And when an RFP is released, they often jump straight into the response mode. Now, a well thought out and intentional opportunity plan will enable the sales team to identify whether there's an opportunity. And this is as a sales leader, something that we can do a lot as well, is and actually when there's an opportunity that's presented to you, when there's something that's been put into the CRM, it gives us something to actually ask questions around in terms of, is this a legitimate opportunity? How do we know that there is something here that is a compelling reason for this customer to take some form of action? What is the actual problem that they are trying to solve and how can we quantify that problem? Is there any other organizations who might be able to solve that problem or is the problem needing to be solved at all? The other key element around this, and, and this is very rarely asked, is does the customer have budget allocated to solve this problem or will they have to go through a process to create a budget so the problem can be solved? Just asking a simple question like, is this, has this been budgeted for? Does this customer have money to pay for this? Is a very, very clear question that can very quickly give you an understanding as to whether this is a legitimate opportunity or not. And of course, whether it is worth pursuing. Now, if we are wanting to make sales more predictable, this is where it all starts. And as a sales leader, we can start to get a lot better at asking questions. And these are not really deep, challenging questions, but they're questions that often many sales people don't think about because they're so focused on the product that I've got and wanting to retrofit that product with every possible live customer. Just taking a step back and thinking about who do I know within the organization? How well am I covered? Do we have great relationships? Is there a genuine opportunity here? Is there a compelling reason? Does the customer have budget or will they need to allocate budget in order for them to take action? But also asking questions like, well, how big a problem is this? And is it a problem they want to solve? And if they don't solve it, what are going to be the consequences for them 
as an organization, but also specifically for individuals within that organization if they don't solve this problem. So all those things go into the opportunity plan, which enables us to get a lot more focused and gain a much clearer understanding as to whether there is in fact an opportunity. Now, when we do that, guess what? Instead of planning to fail because we fail to plan, we actually start to put in place a more regimented and a more structured approach. And lo and behold, our opportunities start to become more qualified and our conversion rates start to go up and hence our sales become that much more predictable. So as we wrap up this particular episode and as we begin a brand new week, an absolutely perfect time to inject more predictability into your sales efforts. And the predictability comes directly from planning. So if you can double down on your planning focus specifically around the opportunity plan, I guarantee that your confidence in sales forecasting will significantly improve and you may actually discover that your conversion rate that your team creates will increase as well. Why? Because you and your sales team will be laser focused on the right opportunity. So to make sales more predictable, make more focus and create more focus on your account planning and your opportunity planning. So I trust that message helps. I trust that message resonates. And a key reminder, when you are ready to take your sales leadership to an exceptional level and help your team do exactly that, and maybe it's through account planning, maybe it's through opportunity planning as well, love the opportunity of working with you one-on-one to help you do just that. Let's jump on a call. Go to leadwithdarren.com. Pick a time that suits. We'll jump on, uh, have a conversation about where you're at in terms of your leadership, where your team's at, but also where you want to get to over the next 90 plus days. Let's map out a plan and start executing that plan this week. So very much look forward to that conversation. And as always, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it, But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.